Welcome back to the show. My name is Angelique Velez. I am the CEO and founder of Breakups to Makeup, and you are listening to the Hey Glow Friend podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If this episode is of any value to you, please subscribe, rate, and review, as that is the only way I'm going to be able to spread the word about the podcast. So thank you so much in advance. And if you didn't know, we are holding a contest. If you want a chance to win a super cute Hey Girlfriend tote, all that you have to do to enter is leave a review wherever you are listening. So thank you so much. All right, Glow Friends. So today I have a special guest, my dear friend, Alice Ann. And she's coming and talking to us about her story. So if you've been following the podcast and you've been following my social media, then you know that this month's theme in our Coming In Clutch Club is your story and telling your story. So Alice is also, not only is she a friend of mine, I've known her for years and she's a fellow makeup artist, but she's also a club member and she's been part of my mastermind program. So I invited her on because her story is such a good one and I wanted her to come in and tell a little bit about what she's going through currently um, as well as she actually was just one of the presenters at the powders the powder groups the artist summit so if you're not familiar with Michael DeVillis and the powder group that is someone that you're definitely going to want to follow especially if you're a makeup artist in our industry um, and Alice just wrapped up being a presenter there so I wanted her to tell us a little bit about that and that experience as well since that was one of her goals so tune on and listen on you're going to really enjoy this episode and i would love to hear what you think or we would love to hear what you think head on over to the hey glow friend facebook group and let us know what you think and until next time glow friends when i shine you shine we shine together talk soon enjoy bye hey glow friends welcome back to the show my name is Angelique Velez, and you are listening to the Hey Glow Friend podcast. I am joined here today with my dear friend and makeup artist, Alice Ann. I have the pleasure of having her here with us, you guys. Um, if you have been following me, you kind of already know a little bit about what we're doing here. We have the My Makeup Mastermind program, as well as the Coming in Clutch Club, both things that Alice did partake in, and she's currently in the club with us now. And if you are a makeup artist and you know about the Powder Group and the Artist Summit, you know that they just wrapped the Artist Summit two weeks ago, where I had serious FOMO for not being there. I literally tried to attend every single one of Michael DeVillis's events in Provincetown. I went to Evolution. I've gone to, I want to say, three Artist Summits. And I've heard through the grapevine that this was the last one that's going to be in Provincetown. And I was so upset I couldn't be there. I was having serious FOMO, so I couldn't think of a better guest to get on the show because Alice was one of the presenters at the Artist Summit this year, which was huge, and I'm so excited for her, so I wanted to bring her in and have her tell us her story as well, get a little bit of insight of what's going on in her world. So welcome, Alice. Hi, um, I'm so excited to be here. I mean, Angelique and I go way back. 
way back. Oh my yeah. God. I feel like I started my career and met Angelique sometime around the beginning of my career. And now here we are many, many, many years later. I know. How <laughs> many years? Was oh my gosh. Like, oh, at least, at least 10, 11, okay. maybe 12 years ago. 15, but I'm aging. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with 10. <laughs> Yes, that we'll sounds go good. But we'll go with 10. I know it's okay. more than 10, but we'll we'll stick to 10. Okay, that. great. Great. <laughs> so what are you up to? I would love to hear all the things in your world, Alice. Oh my God. So in oh my, was it June or July? I took a role with B3 Balm. And uh, Julia there, she called me in to work on their affiliate program. So I'm officially the director of affiliate programs for B3 Bomb and developing out a huge program that we're hoping will really be in place to support the community and give people alternate ways of making income, especially times like this where, you know, work is kind of up and down with the pandemic. I know it's wrapping up and people are getting vaccinated, but there's still situations where suddenly people will lose work or, you know, maybe get sick and then not be able to come to work, even if they're not testing positive for COVID. It's just, it's, it's a dangerous time for us to be spreading germs. So people are extra cautious and it's good to have another way to make income. And that's where we're really hoping it'll bolster people in the community and help them with that. Awesome. Oh, I love it. And it's right up your alley, if I can say that, Alice, because you, if you don't know who Alice is, first of all, you need to follow her and we'll, we'll put all of her like handles on social. But I feel like whatever role you're in, Alice, you're always kind of that liaison between us and then the artists. Well, I am an artist too. So us and then the community, <laughs> if that makes sense, you're always that person. So this role is perfect for you. Yes. Yeah, I do a lot of artist relations, as we call it in the industry. That's like the the sterile way of, right. of, of explaining it. But it's um, it's funny because as artists, often we do work in a silo. We work alone. It's very rare that we have other makeup artists on set with us, especially in like fashion and beauty, which is what I do. And I think I believe you do a lot of fashion and beauty. So it's it's uh, kind of up to to outside organizations like the powder group or brands who want to show support for the community to sort of create these communities even it's it's like a weird thing uh, so it's always been um, something that's close to my heart I love people I just really have always been that person who would walk up to the new kid at school and be like hey I'm Alice what's your name <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, that, that person. And so as I grew in the industry, I realized that I missed that. I missed people. So when I had the opportunity to work at a big brand and do that, it was kind of the perfect role for me. And because of that, I kind of became, it, it was a brand that's very, or is a brand that's very much known for, for supporting pros. And so I became that person you know, right. in the industry, which, which I, Hey, it's, it's something I embrace. I love, I love being that person. So right. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, how does it feel now, now that you're the individual Alice and like representing yourself, how is, how does it feel? Um, just Alice, you mean <laughs> it's kind of, it's like a weird thing just being just Alice, but I feel like I'm finally after a oh gosh, since January, it happened in January that I decided it was, you know, it was time to become just Alice. And 
Um, I, I feel like it's it's uncomfortable, but I'm slowly starting sl to slide into that space. And it's, I don't know, I, I want to say it's scary, but I, I'm going to change, I'm going to change the tune on that and say it's exciting. I'm very excited. Yeah. I love that. And so many listeners, I feel like can relate to you because so many are in like a nine to five cushiony corporate job and they have like kind of one foot out the door. Like they're, they're either working on a brand because we have a lot of listeners who work on brands. We have makeup artists that are listeners as well. So what would you say? Because it is scary. So we can totally use scary. I would just love to hear your perspective on how you were able to wrap your mind around like the new transition since January, because it's tough. It's tough. I've been there. I want to say that at first I was, it was like this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm free, you know, at first. And then it was like, now what do I do? And I realized that when, uh, when you work for a company for so long, I wouldn't say you lose your identity, but you just get so wrapped up in that culture and you get so wrapped up in, in the group think, the mentality that everything you do is towards this other entity and it's not, it's not your own. And it was very hard for me because my instinct was find another entity to latch on to. And I've, I've, thought about this a lot it's as an artist you really want to have your own identity you really want to have sort of your own and they say this in artist branding courses and and um, any any class you take about how to freelance well everybody who teaches these classes always say you need your own brand and to me that was like oh my gosh I used I know I used to be Alice the makeup artist and Alice, a person who was independent, but then I became known as Alice from XYZ brand. And it was something I had to very conscientiously shed. And even, I mean, to this day, it's been months now, I still will refer to the brand as we, like, I'll talk about the products that I have in my kit. And I, my kit is largely this brand because as uh, an educator for the brand and as somebody who represented the brand as their pro artist relations person, I have all the products and being a working makeup artist now, it's expensive, you know? So I wasn't, it's great product. I'm not gonna dump the product just no. to start and start over. I mean, makeup art, talk to any makeup artist. They spend years building their kit and yeah, you do rotate out product, but there's certain things that hold up as long as you, as you keep them clean and that's another thing we taught at the brand was how to be extremely sanitary because, you know, having retail stores and stuff, you want to make sure you're not making anybody sick or spreading anything. So it, my kit is immaculate. <laughs> I wasn't going to toss it out and start over. So it's, it's a weird dynamic where I'm working on set or working with a client now. And they're like, oh, you have a lot of this brand, you know, tell me a more. And, I, and I'm like, we, we, we. And, it's, and then I catch myself on like, wait, not we. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I feel like it went from this sort of like anxious feeling to like, okay, I'm starting to like find my own, um, my sea legs, you know, I'm starting to be like, okay, I, I catch myself when I find myself getting sucked back into that mentality. And I try to correct myself in the moment and pull myself back out. And it's, it's work. It's a lot of work. 
Did yeah. I answer your question? Yes, absolutely. I would love to ask you, Alice, because I don't think you seeded it. How long were you with the previous brand? I was there for close to a decade. So I was a, I was approaching my 10-year anniversary. Okay. So I know there are glow friends out there that can totally relate to this. And that's why I wanted to say that. Like, I know like my dad was in his company since he was 18 years old and didn't leave until they basically let him go. Like they, they made him retire basically. And that's, so I know there are so many people that can relate to, and that's why I wanted you to say the amount of time, like you were fully enrolled with it. So for you to transition out, I know how difficult it's been. And I know this is going to definitely inspire so many people. Can you let us know some of the things of the tactics that you've been working on to kind of help you kind of um, get into this more freelance mentality? Because it is very different. It, it really is. Oh my gosh. I don't... So one of the things we talk about, we talked about with me in the club uh, is that I'm in this weird space where I've been in this industry for so long that I was very lucky to be going back to freelance during a pandemic and was fairly, uh, gosh, I, I didn't have to work very hard because I had the contacts already. I worked in the time that I was with the brand, I worked very hard on building a network. And at the time it was for the brand, but really when you build relationships, the relationships are with you. And it took me a second to realize that because when I was leaving the brand, I sent out an email to my network that had billed at the brand um, to let them know I was leaving because I was their point of contact. And I, I'm very much, I know it's probably not fully anybody's responsibility and in, in, in my, like this type of situation that I was in, but I felt responsible to these people. You know, I was like, it's so uncool when you think you have a friend and they all of a sudden ghost you. And I just didn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable ghosting these relationships that even though they were for the purpose of serving the brand, they were also my friends. They had become my friends. And a lot of those relationships I had also brought with me because prior to working there, I had been in the industry for something like 10 years, maybe even more. I don't, I don't even, I want to age myself. So I'm not going to give you specific right. numbers, but around you know, there. Yeah, so around there. <laughs> and I had already had many of these relationships. I just continued to develop and get closer to while I was there. So when I left, I was like, oh, I need to tell these people, you know, I care about them. Maybe they just want me for product, but I still want them to know I'm leaving. And I was really bolstered by the fact that people reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, we're so sad you're going. We're going to miss you. Where are you going next? And I was like, okay, this is great. I want to keep in touch with them. It wasn't about work at all. It was more like, I like these people. I want to be friendly with them. And as artists, like I said, it's really you know, the honest of brands or, or community organizations who want to build community to build a community. So I wanted to keep my community of and uh, it was so important to me. So I just kept talking to them. You know, it was still a pandemic. A lot of my film and TV friends were not having a hard time with work. So we just became, instead of work friends, we became real friends. And I just kept texting with them. And eventually actually very quickly, people were like, oh, I need a second artist on this thing. So they would be like, hey, what are you doing? And it was easy for me, but I wanna say that even though work was coming in, I was 
I'm still to this day trying not slide into that take everything mentality with freelance. You know, I to build my own brand, I know that, for example, maybe I don't really want to pursue TV. So if somebody has a TV job, then I'm not, it doesn't make sense for me to necessarily take it. You know, yes, if if it's if it's money that I definitely need in the bank, I'm not stupid, you know, I'm not crazy. Right. I'm gonna say yes. But if it's something that I know isn't building towards like what the type of artist that I want to present myself as, which is fashion beauty, then I'm not necessarily going to say yes immediately. I might suggest that they reach out to a friend of mine who I know is pursuing film and TV. Right. You right. know, that sort of thing. So um, it's, it's, it's been interesting, like trying to rebuild and, and also think uh, strategically about who I want to be in the industry and how I'm taking work. Because I think as freelancers, we're very much like, you know, if you don't take it, you're going to starve. Right. And there's a lot of actually pain and like guilt and stress around that. It's scarcity mentality. Right. Right. So I still definitely have that the PTSD from my freelance days that even though I had that secure position for years, I think it it's under there and I feel it, I feel it emerging sometimes. So for me, I try to think logically, like, is this your strategy? Like what, who do you want to be? And I try to take jobs and network in the spaces that make sense. I mean, I know because of my previous role, I know artists in all areas of the industry. So right. I've had people reach out to me and I reach out to people, of course, it goes both ways, um, to see, you know, share work and share jobs and stuff like that. But I, it's as the months have gone on, I found myself in a place where I'm like, okay, let's be smart about the work that you take. Because I also, you know, I'm working with B3 and I'm doing the, the club and everything. So I want to make sure I'm not booking up my time and not working on myself and working on these projects for these, these brands that, that I want to work with. Right. Oh my God. You've touched upon so many things. I have to go back. Okay. So first of all, I love what you're saying in regards to like the brands and what I'm getting from you. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. Like you are the brand. And that's something that a lot of artists are, are taught. It's really hard to figure out like what your brand is. And I know a lot of us are taught that, especially when first starting out. And I feel like my answer is like, you're the brand and you are just the epitome of that because you leaving a job that you were in for so long and seeing like where you're going now, it's Alice is the brand. She's always been the brand. Like we follow, or I know even just for myself with that specific brand, it was always you for me. Like in all Aww. honesty, I'm not even lying. So the fact that you, you know, told people that you were leaving and you had to close that chapter, not only for yourself, but for others. Cause had I reached out and not gotten you, I would have been very upset. Like what's going on? She didn't even tell me. Um, so that's a portion of it. So regardless, school friends, if you are in a, in a freelance position, if you're an entrepreneur, if you are in a, a corporate position, nice five, always remember you are the brand, no matter what position you are in and the people that you meet along your journey, you're meeting them for a reason. And that's what I'm getting from you too. They're going to be alongside with you throughout your journey. And now this is a new chapter for you, Alice, and you're seeing all these people coming around because of you. 
and you being how you are. And, and that's something I would love to dip into a little because you said that you, these people that were, you know, work friends, let's say now turned into friends, friends. And that right there to me is the key. Um, I don't care what you said, like anyone can say anything to me, but I feel like when it comes to community and relationships, it's all about that. It's genuinely from both ends, like not just me contacting you, but you contacting me as well, us lifting up each other when we know when we need it, right? So can you just talk, I know for you, it's it comes naturally, <laughs> so I don't know if you'll be able to break this down to others, but this is something that I teach in um, one of my courses, the Glow Friend um, Grind, and it's it's basically establishing those relationships and making sure you're reaching out to others, especially kind of on your off time. Because as freelancers, we're always like looking like what's coming up next? Like, when am I going to get that next gig? And rather than thinking about that, I like to focus on other people, our friends, our community, and seeing what I can do to help those around me. And I know that's what you do too, without you even realizing it. Are you able to kind of talk a little bit about that and lead us into that? How you're able to establish that community relationship that you naturally do? It's, gosh, that's a really hard one. I mean, right? I, yes, like I said, I was always that kid who was like, hi, right? <laughs> I want to, you know, want to be friends. And, and my sister, she, uh, she gives me such a hard time. She was like, you're so indiscriminate. You can't just love everybody. Not everybody's good. But you know what? I really believe that you connect to different people on different levels. And um, even if you're not going to be BFF, there's like, maybe you just make a coffee friend, you know, that you, or like a, a, a fitness friend or something. And you just because you meet because of makeup or work doesn't mean that's the only thing that you connect on and then the only thing you can do. So generally speaking, there, there's going to be a type of person that you connect to the most. And I'm definitely closer to the people who I find that I vibe that way with the most. And one of the things more recently for me has been rediscovering my spirituality. And, you know, there's like, we have this whole, like, you know, crystal witch, uh, <laughs> cat lady <laughs> circle of people in the artistry community. And we're all into, you know, candles that smell nice and, and we, we share crystals with each other and stuff like that. And it's, it's weird, but once you open yourself to like realizing what vibes with you the most, you find all those people. So I, I mean, for me, like you said, I think it just comes like it's intuitive in some way, but I sort of like, for, for me, it was like, okay, artistry isn't enough to connect with people. You know, product junkiness is not enough. Like the people who long-term I met as a makeup artist, even before um, I, I worked at this company, what were people who already had that like weird, like not weird, I shouldn't say weird, but because I mean, I, I admittedly am a very weird person, but they were people oh who loved like aromatherapy and were exploring things like Reiki, you know, things like that. And all of my closest artistry friends are those people still. So we'll, will connect over like, oh, you know, I got a crystal for you. Let's meet up for coffee or something, you know? Well, so it's, um, I mean, it's just like in real life, I don't think. And then of course there are people who you aspire to, you know, be mentored by or, or, or whatnot. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea to like pursue those relationships, but I think that those are a little bit harder because I think that people can, they can feel that, they can feel that energy and some people are not 
open to it. So for me, it's never, I've never cared to pursue the people who felt um, inaccessible in that way. I don't, I don't know how to explain that feeling, but I never want, I never allowed myself to chase after people, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think that, um, and I'm not saying people shouldn't do this, but you know, if you see somebody that you, you want to get to know as like a teacher or a mentor, I think, I feel like it's more like going to the events that they're at rather than maybe pursuing a personal relationship at first. And eventually they'll start to know your face and familiarity always breeds comfort. Right. So if they see you often enough, they might start connecting back to you naturally. Right. Like yeah. So I, I, I feel like for me, it's all about like the vibe, right? Like what's, what's natural and what's easy is the wrong word because I think all relationships are work, but there are definitely certain people that you're going to click with more easily and connect with. And who knows, maybe the people you see as, I guarantee you, most people who you see as mentors, they don't see themselves that way. Right. So it's so important to connect them, to connect to them on that level and like a certain comfort level and they will take you in. Right. I love that over time. Yeah. I love that advice. Um, I even know for myself, this was something that I actually touched upon with Belinda in in our interview, um, where we were talking about the MTV VMAs and me being the department head. So it's, it's funny how people for that specific job, just in general, cause you know, that, that one's a pretty big one and it's a huge work one on it. Yeah. You're so you're people, so humble. You know, well, so are you. We're like the two, the two humble gals just talking now, but um, yeah, people would reach out to me just for that. And I'm like, I haven't heard from you in like, like at all. I don't know who you are. <laughs> every time that rolls around, you're going to reach out to me. Like that is not the way to go about it. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't want to say what's right, what's wrong, because it's not some people that might work for some, but for me, I'm more into genuine relationships. So exactly what you're saying. It's like, show up to an event, listen to a show podcast, up. maybe email and say, Hey, I, I heard that episode with Alice. It was awesome. You guys did such a great job. I can't wait to hear more stuff like that. Like be genuine you know yes rather than coming at it like you're expecting something because that is not the right way to go about it no it's so hard and it's so hard especially when you like want something so badly you want to connect with somebody so badly it's hard but it's yeah it and then the question is how do you build those genuine relationships it's I don't know (laughs) I don't know the answer to that (laughs) so you know I think I think the key the key is as what Angelique just said is show up you know, just show up, like find out when they're, when they're doing a talk or find out, or even just, you just never know who's going to show up at pro events. Like if they're, if, if somebody's putting on a pro event, like the powder group is putting on an event, you just don't know who's going to be there. Like on top of the speakers who, of course, you know, the speakers are huge, you know, but, but also in the audience, you'll see other people Mm -hmm. like Joe, Joe DeLude was there. I mean, he did speak, but Joe is a regular powder group person, right. but if you go online and you look at his resume, he's like the guy who created a look for Elphaba and all the other wicked cat. I mean, that's yeah. just, I told, uh, <laughs> I told a friend who visited me in Provincetown, um, who Joe was after we met Joe. And that friend was like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> 
had no idea. Like these, you know, the community is small and and the people who are successful, honestly, they're just like us. They're just like everybody else who's trying to, who's trying to make it and trying to connect with people. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I love that. It's so funny. You're like, I don't know how you create those relationships, but you do it so like naturally. I love it. I love it. Um, I would love to kind of talk a little bit about, because I know you were one of the presenters and that was huge. I know that was like on your goals list and you made it happen in less than a year. So if we could like pop some champagne for that. So we're talking about the Artist Summit where Alice was one of the presenters. Like I said, it was just around two weeks ago. And once again, I will shout out the Powder Group. I will shout out Michael DeVillis. If you are not following them and you are a makeup artist or a hairstylist or a nail artist, go follow them right away, please. Because literally evolution and you did evolution too just i did i did evolution it is you go because i'm gonna say it's like it's a worthy experience for sure i i highly highly recommend and it's something that uh it comes to you at the right time too like uh you you really yeah it's like for me it came at a major turning point Mm -hmm. and it it's it's uh it doesn't do the work for you you still have to do the work right but it's it's very good it helps you connect back to yourself yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I also attended uh, Evolution right before I launched Breakups to Makeup. And I literally, so I want to say when I went, it was in April. I want to say it's normally in April, but I know with COVID things changed a bit. Um, and I launched Breakups to Makeup in June. I want to say it's the same year. My mind is like really bad lately, but I I think it was the exact same year. But either way, I consider Michael one of my mentors. Michael and James both are are one of my, both are a mentor to me. And I would not be where I am right now if it wasn't for the two of them. And I know that you feel, I don't want to put- I feel the same, yeah. I I absolutely feel the same way. I mean, uh, let me, I'm just going to be transparent. So Michael is the reason I ended up in the corporate role that I was in. Essentially, I started working with that brand and company because of Michael and because I was trying to, at the time I was freelance and struggling and trying to find my way. And I was like, whatever I'm doing, this isn't it. And I met, I met Michael and James through the makeup show. I, I went to the makeup show as a blogger. Oh my God. Those were the days. (laughs) And yeah, as a blog, I was makeup artist, but also it was like, you know, when you're freelance, you're just like, how do I make this work? How do I figure it out? And blogging is one way to brand yourself as a makeup artist. So I was for a while, I had a YouTube channel and I was blogging and I went to the, I got a press pass to the makeup show and, and I didn't even know such a thing existed. I just remember like, going to the surrounding events with the makeup show and everything and thinking, oh my God, there are more of us, you know? Yeah. Like just, it was so exciting for me. And then I met Michael and I, uh, I really, I really enjoyed what he had to say. It felt like it was like, a, he's, he's kind of like the Pied Piper in a way, you know, he just is everything, <laughs> all the things that he says in his programs are like, oh, why didn't I, you know? He puts in words a lot of things you're feeling, I think. Yeah, and what you're thinking. Yeah, and what you're thinking. And, and so eloquently. Like it's, yes, it's yeah. like, yeah, it helps organize things. And so I found out that Michael was at a, at a brand. And I, um, I had a, a very good friend, Nancy Lon, who was also at that brand. And, and Nancy, oh my God, I miss Nancy so much. Uh, Nancy, I, that sounds like she, she like left the industry. She like went to another brand, you know? <laughs> but yeah, Nancy was like, uh, we're having a party come to my, our party. And 
I went to the party and and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. So I, you know, I from then on I was hooked. I that's how I ended up at that brand and how so Michael, I owe so much of my career too. And James too, as an educator, I feel like um I didn't get to know James until I started working at that brand because okay. James yeah. would you know, do a lot of stuff. Yeah. But over the years, it was a slow burn, my relationship with them. You know, it wasn't like I met them and we became BFF. It was over the years, we developed a trust for each other and understanding and a real respect yeah. for each other. And yeah, I owe both of them so much in terms of like helping me ground myself as an artist and figuring out um, strategically, you know, business sense, things like that, which I have to say, most of us don't really have. <laughs> No, it's, it's not something so you think about. It's not, not our strong point. <laughs> no, as much. No, well, maybe you more so than the rest of us. But, <laughs> but in general, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. But that's why we're here, and that's yes. why we're talking about all these things. So, yes. oh no, I, I love, I love that. But I, I would love to hear like a couple of your takeaways, like being with the community and and what you kind of. I know you. We don't go into what you discuss because that if you wanted to, yes. had to be. At the artist summit, Michael knows we don't do yes, that. No. Uh, what stays at the what goes on at the artist summit stays at the artist summit. <laughs> yes. Um, but just as far as like community-wise, because you know how much I preach about that. And like I said, I was having some serious FOMO not being there. Um, but I would just love to hear your takeaways. Cause that was was that your first time ever at the artist summit? No, it was my no. second artist summit. Second. My first one was in 2017, and I wanted to go back subsequent years, but couldn't work it out with my regular day job. So right. I didn't. I didn't go. Right. <laughs> but this is. I was very excited. Actually, you're gonna laugh. So when one of the first things I thought when I left the company was, I can do evolution. <laughs> Oh I can God. go to the artist summit. I can do whatever I want. Isn't that nuts? That was one of the first things that but crossed it's my true. mind. It's <laughs> true. You know, I mean, I'm not going to go into this is all about you today, Alice, but my story is very similar to yours. When I left a school that I was working at full time, the same thing happened. I literally went to evolution like within that month, all because of Michael and James and everything changed for me. So yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like I have the time now I can make my own decisions. And yes. The freedom. I mean, it yeah. was just like, whoa, I forgot yeah. what this was like. Yeah. And it, it feels so good. <laughs> it feels so good. Um, but let me, let me, I guess we'll get to my takeaways. So I spoke on the diversity and inclusion panel with a few other artists and much of what I spoke about was what happened during the height of the lockdown last year, as we all know, all the things that happened with uh, Black Lives Matter. It, it turned up not just um, stuff, civil rights for, for Black people, but also for other eth ethnic groups and other races that um, I want to say are just more silent overall they i don't know if it's just a lack of cohesion or or a or a fear there's with asian americans there's a lot of uh, model minority mythology that holds us back and it was it's something that i personally in my personal life have been trying to work through but i just never felt like i had a voice and as stuff started happening and developing with numbers and everything being released, companies actually coming forward and announcing what 
what was going on behind the scenes and who was in leadership, I found myself in a position where I was really, really frustrated and really upset because for many years, and I'll say this, um, I said this at the, at the summit, I'll say, I feel like it's uncomfortable saying this here. I, I was hurt. I was really, really hurt. I was like, I felt all the years, I felt like the people around me that I looked up to and I depended on for um, my livelihood, my, you know, moving up at company and, just, I felt like I had been lied to. I'm not, you know, I felt like I had been told that what I was doing was wrong, that I wasn't enough, that where, where, and it was a big conflict for me because the people I served, the communities that I was in place uh, to develop programs for, they, I got such, I always got good feedback from them. You know, I, people were always like, I love what you're doing at this brand. You know, it's a, uh, we feel so supported by the, the, the things that you do, the decisions that you make, the way you take care of us, how you speak to us. Uh, and I thought this something is just not adding up. And I realized, I realized that maybe I was being gaslit. And I was really bothered by this because I blamed it on myself for, for many years. I blamed it on myself because I was like, why am I? getting good feedback on one side and, and lack of, you know, lack of feedback in, in many ways from the other side. And I, and it was, um, it was hard for me to face that truth, even though I realized then it was my truth that all of us are part of this system, the systemic racism that it's, and I want to say the perpetrators of it don't even have consciousness of it. Right. And like I said, I wouldn't, I said this at the conference too, I wouldn't have stayed so long. At, and this is not the reason why I left. Just, I just want to be clear on the podcast. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't have stayed so long if I thought they were horrible people. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stayed there if I didn't, if I believed that they purposefully would do this to their people. They just, I realized, and it hit me hard when I realized this, they have no awareness. They have no awareness at all. I tried to have conversations and the awareness just wasn't present. And I, and I realized that it was up to me to decide. I mean, it ended up working out the way it did, but it was, it was, it's hard. It's painful. You know, it was very heartbreaking. And I was, um, I became, I mean, during the pandemic, it was depressing. It was hard on many of us emotionally. And I, I think it pushed me further. I became, I felt helpless. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I, I don't think I've ever like cried over work before. I definitely cried because I felt like I was trapped in a way you're in the middle of pandemic. What are you going to do? Right. And, and I had great fear going into uh, this panel about how to be honest, about be truthful about my experience, my lived experience. Um, I fear on many fronts. I, I was afraid people wouldn't understand and wouldn't, wouldn't be available to hear me. And then my truth would once again be questioned in my own community. Nonetheless, that would have been a great betrayal and very painful for me. And the other piece of it was I knew other companies were going to be there. And I was afraid because I'm not, I'm not ruling out going back to corporate. Right. I, I, there are many advantages and, and, and I feel like I'm a great example of how working for a corporation can pull you forward in your career. Cause 
being at that company, I have to say I'm thankful for what they did give me and and the and the voice that they did give me and the position that they were able to give me within the community. I would not be who I am in many ways. I'm saying I did the work, but they gave me the funding. You know, they gave me they were the my backers in a lot of ways and they being there did elevate my presence in within the industry. I'm not going to deny that at all, but I think that I probably did a lot more work than I should have been required or asked to do to try to prove myself constantly over and over again. And that's the piece that's hard because people, people are not trained to see that. And you can't, it's like a, it's a whole infrastructure problem. It's not an individual human problem. I don't think any human would, you know, do that to somebody and no good human would do that to somebody. So I was afraid to say this in front of these other companies because I didn't want to look like the troublemaker, the whistleblower and ruin any chances. But I, my big takeaway after speaking on the panel was if these are people who don't want to hear this coming from somebody, you know, who don't want to accept this person's lived experience, I don't want to work for them. Right. It's not the right place for me because that was one of my biggest fears in leaving a company in general. This is a general fear is that it's the same everywhere. Right. So, you know, do you want the, the devil, you know, or deal with the devil you don't know? Right. right? Is there a certain comfort level to at least knowing this is what you're dealing with, whereas going somewhere where you may not know. So it was just like, if it's this way everywhere, then I might as well stay with the devil. I know. And that was the point actually, is that coming out, coming off the panel was, you know, find places that align with who you are and appreciate you and can hear you. I'm not saying that company did not appreciate me. They kept me for a very long time, you know? Um, but it's just, uh, it was hard to realize that they couldn't hear what I had to say because they just weren't set up for it. Yeah. And uh, it's so it's tragic, you know, yeah. it's tragic because and anybody who's worked for an organization for that long understands how much of your heart and soul goes into it. And, and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I was going to ask, and I know this is difficult for you to talk about. And, and so I appreciate you opening up and sharing this with um, our, our fellow glow friends. Um, now, how do you feel though? Now that you were able to talk about it and you went up on the panel, cause that, that must've been really scary. Like I know I was there on the, before you went and we heard all your fears within the club. And I know this was something that you were prepping for. Now, how do you feel? I feel like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders, you know? And honestly, I know I was speaking to a captive audience, you know, it's like a canned audience there. They're, the TPG community is just incredibly supportive and also very woke, you know, like very open-minded and um, ready to hear it. Right. And that's, uh, it's a safe space. And, and that's, and that was special and I really appreciate it. So now it's like, now the hard work begins, right? Now, now that now that the cat is out of the bag, we've opened Pandora's box. How do you really, when you speak to an audience like that, you feel you feel the power and you feel the appreciation, but you know the work isn't there. 
You know, that's not where the work is. The work is finding a way to speak to people who are not ready to hear it the way that we spoke about it, which was very diplomatic and very, you know, plain. Um, there, there's communities out there who need to hear that, that are not ready. So it's how do we get to those people, right? right. How, do we, how do we make it known and how do we affect change on a, on a bigger scale to audiences that may not be open, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's, that's where I'm at. Like what next? Like right. how do, and I feel like, I mean, that's just one, one piece of it. I think there's a lot of things we face as artists that uh, it's shameful to talk about. Yeah. You know, like uh, it's the same reason people don't go to therapy. And I'm not saying I want, I'm going to be, you know, community therapist or anything like that. But I just think that I would like to open up a space for these conversations to be had in some way. And I don't know what that looks like yet. And um, that's been something that's been on my heart and on my mind since for a long time, actually, yeah. for a very long time now. And I, I feel like I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it, but I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how, what's going to look like or how we're going to find it, but, but that's what I'm working towards now. Yeah. And you will find it, Alice. You will. I feel like by you stepping up and just telling your story and talking to us about your journey and what you've gone through, it's going to open doors for so many to do the same. So you'll, it's going to be there. It's going to present itself to you. For those of you that are in the club, you guys already know Alice and you know all the things that she brings to the table. And um, we've been trying to get her to start a podcast. I'm just saying it right now on on this podcast. She said it out loud. I said it out loud. (laughs) We're trying, we're trying. So if you agree with us, please shoot her a DM because she has so much knowledge and so many things to talk about. Um, I mean, I don't want to push you in a direction, but I think that would be <laughs> totally awesome for the community. And so many, I mean, I'll, I'll be there. I'll come out. You can interview me. I mean, totally. I would love, cause it's those hard conversations, right? It's those yes. hard conversations, um, but we need to talk about them. Yeah. I think, you know, when people look at makeup artistry or hair or, or nails, even, mm-hmm. especially in the universe that we kind of float around in fashion beauty it's so glamorous and and it seems so exciting you know especially those of us who jet set you know we go we go to fashion weeks in Europe and stuff nobody knows that actually there's 20 of us renting one hotel room you know some of us are even sleeping in the bathtub and on the bathroom floor so we all fit you know nobody knows this because you know the pictures are all I'm backstage at Chanel or you know like I'm or I'm sitting front row because I don't know maybe somebody didn't show up and they need at Dior you know something crazy like that so so it just always looks so exciting and glamorous, but they don't, you know, you don't realize it, what we go through to, yeah. to do that. And we don't talk about it. It's embarrassing no. to us, but it shouldn't be, you know, it's just, it's your battle scars show, you know, how much work you put in and how much you've done. And, and also the tenacity, uh, you know, like the strength that comes, that has to come into play to do what we do. And yeah. people don't realize it. It seems very fun, right? I mean, it is fun. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I love, I love people. So I love 
I love being, you know, (laughs) the makeup artist, hairstylist slash therapist. Well, the talent talks about whatever they're going through, but it's just, um, it's tough. It's tough. And we don't talk about it. And we should. No, I agree. And honestly, I think you just kind of pinned what it could be all about your podcast just saying because there's so much of that on the back end like I remember oh my gosh my first and not to go into stories but I will tell a little one my first ever fashion week in Miami so this was back in the day I'm like back in the day when like (laughs) I'm not gonna say company names because we're not talking about that but I was under James Vincent there were like two teams it was James and Lottie I don't know if you remember this Alex I do I do I was on team James and then sometimes I would work with Lottie here and there, but I was mostly on James's team. But the first ever, the first time I ever went to Miami to do a show, I want to say it was six of us ladies. We shared, no, I think it was eight of us who shared one room um, in a hotel. We slept on the bed. I don't know how we all fit. Someone was in the bathroom though. Like (laughs) what you're saying is so true but it was the best time ever like that's what but now thinking about that now I'm like I could never do that right now but back before that's how we did it that's how you had and we pretended we were locals like we used I don't know what address we used but we pretended like we were locals in Miami so that way we would get hired and yeah it was it was amazing times but you're right at the time it was more embarrassing. Like I would never, like my sorority sisters knew cause they were out there. I went to school in Miami. So I had a bunch of friends. So they knew I was in a hotel with like seven other girls, but no one else knew like that wasn't information I was going to say, you know, the things we would do. Yes, the things um, you do I to make that. it. Yeah, no, I love that kind of story because we do have to talk about it more because I feel like so many of us, especially on social media, we portray, what is it? Our highlight reel all the time, right? But we don't talk about what it really took for us to get to that place. Um, And and then the struggles. And I know you mentioned like PTSD a lot. There's certain things that will give us flashbacks right away from certain moments and we don't talk about them, you know? the mental health aspect too. I love, you know, certain things that we do within the club talking about it, but I think there needs to be more and more of us need to open up and start doing it as well. So I am like, I'm tapping you, Alice. You are up, my friend. You have so much to bring to the table. Any any last minute things that you want to say to the glow friends um, out there? Or I mean, honestly, you know, there's, there's power in being you. I think, I think everybody needs to hear this. Like I, I I tell it to myself every morning when I wake up and on days, especially when I have nothing going on, like by nothing, meaning I'm not like rushing off to set to work on a freelance gig. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with taking a day off and there's power in being you. I love that. And I I know we're wrapping up, but I do want to, I'm, you keep t- saying things. I'm like, I want to jump on that too. I just want to address that because I know for me, when I left my corporate position, that was really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that you're not going to be working every day and it's okay. Like technically it's a day off, but is it because you're doing like the admin stuff? There's so many other things. So you really do have to schedule, at least I know now fast forward, you have to schedule your days off. Um, Like we're recording this right now on a Monday. I'm being very transparent. Alice is looking at me. I look like a hot mess. So Mondays (laughs) for me are my CEO days. So I schedule like all of my appointments and things. I don't really try to schedule work on a Monday because of the fact that I try to get all my self-care stuff out. Any doctor's appointments, I try to do that on Monday. So, but that took me years.
years to be able to get to this point where I'm like, all right, girl, you need a CEO day. And that's what I'm calling it. But back before I'd be like, oh my God, I have a day off. I need to book work. Um, what else can I be doing today? Like I couldn't relax. So it takes time to get there, but just know you're supposed to have days off. Like it's okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. You do right. need time to invoice people, by the way. Yes. <laughs> All <laughs> admin things. I have to say, like when I when I was younger and I was like basically doing everything I could to pack my freelance schedule, I would be up until four in the morning after a long, you know, get home at like, who knows, 11, yeah. 11 p.m. And I'd be like, oh my God, I haven't invoiced anybody for a month and just be right. like trying to knock out the, and that's, that is not a healthy way to live. No, no. That's, that's a quit. I mean, that's why I was so burnt out. Yes. And that's why so many of us burn out so quickly. Yeah. I have to say, it's embarrassing to see this. I've learned this new lifestyle. Well, first of all, after having my son, I'm not going to lie. After becoming a mom, it like changed everything. But not, not only that, when I started breakups to makeup, it was then where I, I had to force myself because now I'm doing makeup artistry and I'm running my business. If I don't take a day off, burnout is real. Like I remember you and I would have phone conversations. Yes. You're like, Angela, have you taken a break today? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Um, I'm getting so much better with it though, but it's been years in the making. It's really hard. And I feel like it's almost like what you were saying in the beginning, that mentality that I have, I still have that corporate mentality being out of that world for so long. I still kind of have it like, so it's hard to kind of shed yourself of it, yes. but you're a prime example. I feel like as to what people can inspire to those that, like I said, have kind of out the door and they're right there and they don't know if they should do it. Please go follow Alice. Please follow her journey. I know she's going to be talking a lot more and, and bringing out more. I know you are. I know you are. I can't wait to see what your next chapter brings you, uh, where your next chapter brings you. But you have so much um, and you inspire so many people, Alice. And I don't even think you realize that. So I'm just appreciative that you were able to hop on and and talk to me on the, the podcast. I'm, I was so excited to have you here. <laughs> oh, thanks, Angelique. You course. know, I've been wanting to do Hey Glow Friends for a while. So I'm very Yay. excited to be here too. Oh, thank you so much, Alice. And like I said, we'll put all of your um, social media handles, but definitely follow her at B3 too, because I know you've been doing yes. some of the artist series, right? Like you've been hosting. Yes, we've been doing um, little, so we have this thing called the B3 Bomb Squad. And basically okay. it's our little circle of people that we tap into to do one month specials through B3. It's like a, uh, we do what we call the bomb squad kit and it's sold. They're full-size products and you get them for a discount for that month on, on the B3 website. And they're developed by our bomb squad members who are like, uh, we're, this is going to sound so bad, our elite squad of skincare experts. And, you know, they're all in different industries. So they, they uh, tap into B3 for different reasons. And we do like a little interview with them uh, Instagram on Instagram live. And that's once a month. So you can follow B3 on Instagram and see when we have the lives. Awesome. And Alice, can you just say your, your handle as well? I will put it in the show notes, but okay. Yes. So you can follow me at, at makeup by Alice Ann, and my last name is spelled a N and Alice is spelled like Alice in Wonderland. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alice. All right, Glow Friends, until next time, when I shine, you shine, we shine together. See you soon. Yay!